It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. I will always fight for you. I will be watching, I will be listening, and I will tell you that the future of this country has never been better. I wish the new administration great luck and great success. I think they'll have great success. They have the foundation to do something really spectacular. And again, we put it in a position like it's never been before, despite the worst plague to hit since, I guess you'd say 1917, over a hundred years ago. And despite that, despite that, the things that we've done have been just incredible. And I couldn't have done them, done it without you. So just a goodbye. We love you. We will be back in some form. And again, uh, I want to just in leaving, I want to thank our vice president, Mike Pence and Karen. I want to thank Congress because we really worked well with Congress, uh, at least certain elements of Congress. But we really did. We've gotten so much done that nobody thought would be possible. But I do want to thank Congress. And I want to thank all of the great people of Washington, D.C., all of the people that we worked with to put this miracle together. So have a good life. We will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. That was President Trump uh, saying goodbye at Joint uh, Base Andrews yesterday morning. That's the first thing that happened in the morning. And uh, I don't know if you watched as he and Melania left the White House and went to the helicopter. It was happening when, when I was on the air here. Uh, I just have to say, in you know, as we say goodbye to them, uh, Melania was just stunning, I have to say, as a girl. You know, my Bruce always complains because when we go to, you know, football games or our games, live games, I always notice uh, not the games so much, but the outfits, the colors, the style. <laughs> I can't help it. But uh, Melania's uh, suit was just stunning. And they left with such grace and poise. And I actually wanted you to hear what Melania had to say at Joint Base Andrews uh, so this is her farewell to all of us. Let's listen. Being your first lady was my greatest honor. Thank you for your love and your support. You will be in my thoughts and prayers. God bless you all. God bless your families. And God bless this beautiful nation. Thank you. So that's, uh, that's the last we heard from them in their official capacity. 
Uh, and so, uh, so after that, later in the day, around midday, Joe Biden uh, stood up on the the. Uh, they always build a scaffold on one side of the cap scaffold. Yes, scaffolding around the Capitol. And of course, it was a virtually empty place on the National Mall. There was no one. There were no one in the streets. No, uh, no parades. No nothing. And as I said to you before, that's in large part. Don't think it isn't in large part because no one would have come. Hardly anyone would have come. This is a faux. This whole thing is a is a faux. It's a like a. It's the kind of thing they used to do in Russia. They called it the Potemkin villages, where they brought uh, uh, Westerners over to look at these. Uh, how well Russia was doing in their economy, and they built fake uh, villages and towns uh, so that these visitors uh, would think one thing, which was absolutely the tr- not the opposite of what was really happening. This is uh, so. This is kind of what we witnessed, and I and I'm sure you saw the the non crowd standing in front of him. It was just str- so surreal, so strange, and so. Um, he is now the 46th president of the United States, and I, you, of course, need to hear a bit of what he said. Here it is. Chief Justice Roberts, Vice President Harris, Speaker Pelosi, Leader Schumer, Leader McConnell, Vice President Pence, my uh, distinguished guest, my fellow Americans. This is America's day. This is Democracy's Day, a day of history and hope, of renewal and resolve. Through a crucible for the ages, America has been tested anew, and America has risen to the challenge. Today, we celebrate the triumph not of a candidate, but of a cause, the cause of democracy. The people, the will of the people has been heard. And the will of the people has been heeded. We've learned again that democracy is precious. Democracy is fragile. And at this hour, my friends, democracy has prevailed. So now, on this hallowed ground where just a few days ago, violence sought to shake the Capitol's very foundation. We come together as one nation, under God, indivisible, to carry out the peaceful transfer of power as we have for more than two centuries. As we look ahead in our uniquely American way, restless, bold, optimistic, and set our sights on the nation we know we can be and we must be. I thank my predecessors of both parties for their presence here today. I thank them from the bottom of my heart. All right, so that's the way it started. That is your new president, Joe Biden. Now, um, here's the thing. I've said to you all along, even when President Trump was president, that you always must evaluate a man not on his words but on his deeds. Uh, Sometimes the words match the deeds, uh, but often they do not. And in the case of Joe Biden, uh, I think his own speech contradicted his constant calls for unity. I want to talk a a little bit about that. He's asking for unity. He says the people have spoken, but really, even that is not true because uh, we know that he won with the help of a a lot of uh, voter fraud, illegal voting, 
uh, people voting that shouldn't have been voting, mail-in balloting, uh, postal workers backdating, all of that. We know that. So the people didn't really speak. So that's not really true, is it? And then, of course, he's, he drilled down on truth. He's very dedicated to truth. I want to get to that in just a second. But let me go back to the unity thing first. He says, um, now the rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism, that we must confront and we will defeat. Now, that's that's kind of a baseline, a foundation of what is going to unfold in this country. It's white supremacy, domestic terrorism, and political extremism. And that's really the FBI. That's been their theme for a long time, too. They have paid very little attention to Islamic extremism. Uh, That's why we had all of these, uh, one of the very big contributing factors to why we had so uh, so many attacks inside our country, Uh, the Sarnayev brothers in Boston and the the massacre in the the, uh, uh, nightclub, the Pulse nightclub in Florida, and uh, the, the, the one in California, uh, horrible things, but the FBI would never really investigate. Uh, I know this firsthand. Uh, they, uh, their hands were tied, and their knowledge was uh, crimped because of the, um, the manuals and the FBI were changed at Quantico so that they didn't even understand uh, what the teachings of Islam were. My, uh, that's an illustration uh, to, to say to you that what they focused on instead, beginning with Bob Mueller, yeah, Bob Mueller, and then continuing, of course, in spades with uh, James Comey was white supremacy and domestic terrorism. It was all those uh, uh, those militias, those um, and the white supremacist, which, of course, based on the definition of racism by the left, is opposing Barack Obama's health care. It's um, it's supporting Donald Trump. Uh, it has a very broad. Uh, definition, and thus the danger. And that's what the FBI's been up to, and this is really what we're going to face. Political extremism, I think, is defined... I Actually, um, no, I won't stop for that clip because it'll take us in a different direction, but I could just tell you that these categories don't include, I think, who the real enemies are. They don't include Antifa because, remember, Antifa's just an idea. Oh, and by the way, I should jump to this. Antifa last night rampaged in uh, Oregon, in Portland, they totally attacked and destroyed the Democratic uh, building, and um, they said, we will not be governed. Uh, we, are, we want vengeance. Uh, they, they hate Joe Biden. They don't want anybody to govern them. They are out of control. As I understand it, they're planning to uh, now uh, create these destructive elements, um, amplify them in cities around the country. Um, I heard that they are now next targeting uh, Trump supporters. They want vengeance. So uh, the FBI, you know, doesn't seem real concerned. They have actually flourished uh, after the uh, riots in St. Louis, uh, the Black Lives Matter, which is a Marxist organization, and uh, Antifa have flourished because our uh, internal, our FBI and uh, people have been, uh, have just not attended to it. They've let them grow, and now uh, Joe Biden's going to have his hands full with Antifa, too. But he says the rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism, that's uh, we must confront it and we will defeat it. Then he says history has been a constant struggle between the American ideal that we were all created equal and the harsh, ugly reality that racism, nativism, fear, demonization have long torn us apart. Now what that's going to translate to is, in fact, it's already been happening, executive orders where they're going to implement critical race theory uh, in all the departments. They're reversing all that President Trump did to stop that. 
Uh, critical race theory is not about equality. It's about, um, I think, payback. It's about distinguishing people based on their race, not as Martin Luther King so wisely admonished us to judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skins. Uh, skin. Uh, critical race theory has been applied in all these various agencies around the government, and President Trump actually put a stop to it because you may recall they were making people take pledges. Uh, they make people take seminars. And so if you don't conform uh, to the thoughts of the racial left, and that's now all the left, it seems, that views everyone in colors, uh, you you won't keep your job or you will be ostracized. You will be miserable in your work. And that's now they've reinstated all of that, just so you know. So while he's talking about this whole thing about uh, the ugly reality that racism uh, is, and, uh, excuse me, nativism and fear is tearing us apart, he's going to make it worse. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> so sorry. And so that's why, you know, it's, uh, it's one thing to make a nice speech. It sounds good about unity. It's quite another thing to, behind the scenes, be doing things that's going to create great division. He talked about the violence at the Capitol and that they sought to shake the Capitol's very foundation. Uh, Matt, that was probably true for the Antifa part of them, but for the Trump part of them, I think they were uh, trying to get our congressmen to listen to um, the Americans and their concerns over the election and everything. Because a lot of people just, they, Congress has become, again, our rulers. Our rulers, not our representatives. And so... Um, then he says, the will of the people has been heard and the will of the people has been heeded. I would just say with a little help from fraudulent votes and ballot tam tampering. He also uh, talked about racial injustice again. That's going to be a big thing over and over again. Climate change, because a cry for survival comes from the planet itself. Anymore, it couldn't be any more desperate or any more clear. And of course, that's fantasy. Uh, and it is dangerous fantasy because what they want to do is get rid of fossil fuels. That means gasoline for your car, oil to, eat your uh, to heat your houses. Uh, gasoline prices will s soar. They've already, uh, uh, President, uh, Biden. <laughs> President Biden has already eliminated the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, he's stopping it from being built. That's just one part of this. But the whole thing is going to be very damaging to America's economy, to our energy independence. And that's just the start. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or more importantly, if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program it's been around for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $2 billion of each other's medical bills, so they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is around 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, Think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. There's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE.
If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 800 788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. At Liberty University, we believe in honoring service. That's why we offer first responder and military communities deep discounts on all of our 450-plus online programs. Military students, veterans, and spouses pay just $250 per credit hour for undergraduate and $275 to $300 per credit hour for graduate and Ph.D. courses. First responders receive a 25% tuition discount, and those who qualify may be able to use both discounts for even greater savings. It's our way to say thank you for all you do. To learn more, text AGREE to 49595. Barton Thorne is the principal of Cordova High School in Tennessee. Mr. Thorne now on administrative leave after he addressed students about the ongoing censorship of conservatives on social media. You can watch his remarks on ToddStarns.com. He told the students it was dangerous for Twitter and Facebook to decide what information you should and should not be allowed to know. He called their actions frightening, and he's absolutely right. The Shelby County Office of Equity and Access said the principal's comments caused offense, but they did not clarify what that offense might be. He told the young people they needed to be aware of what was happening in America, that his job was not to tell them what to think, but just how to think. Based on what I read, I think that's what set off the school leaders. Principal Thorne is running a school, not an indoctrination center. And we need more principals like that in America. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Restore the soul and secure the future of America requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy. Unity. Unity. In another January, on New Year's Day in 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. When he put pen to paper, the president said, and I quote, if my name ever goes down into history, it'll be for this act, and my whole soul is in it. My whole soul is in it. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. Okay, so that's uh, Joe Biden yesterday in his inaugural speech, and he's calling for unity. It's time for unity. Uh, He says also, he said, the answer is not to turn inward, to retreat into competing factions, distrusting those who don't look like you or worship the way you do or don't get their news 
from the same sources as you. So let me just add before I play this next clip. So these are my words. We'll eliminate those sources and we will cancel you. There'll be no competing factions. That's how we'll achieve unity. Uh, We will cancel our history. We will empower the left and we will decimate you. And then we'll have unity. That's the kind of unity. If you don't believe me, then let's listen to John Brennan because John uh, was on, I believe, MSNBC yesterday, and he's talking about what the administration is planning to do to bring about this unity. Let's listen. Well, Nicole, I was thinking today that uh, this is the most relaxed I've been uh, in the course of many inaugurations I've watched because I'm not responsible for it. But I can tell you that when I was in the government, I was I had white knuckles because yeah. of the nature of the threats. But it's so much more difficult today because of what we have seen, not just over the last two weeks, but that certainly has riveted our attention. But because of this growth in polarization in the United States and domestic violence in white supremacist groups. So I know looking forward that the members of the the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas, Mm -hmm. where they germinate in different parts of a country and they gain strength and it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of religious religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, uh, racists, nativists, uh, even libertarians. And unfortunately, I think there has been this momentum that has been generated as a result of, unfortunately, the demagogic rhetoric of people that just departed government, but also those who continue in the halls of Congress. And so I really do uh, think that the law enforcement, homeland security, intelligence, and even the defense officials are doing everything possible to root out what seems to be a very, very serious and insidious threat to our democracy and our republic. So says John Brennan. That's what Mr. Trump, uh, Mr. Biden, uh, in the guise of unity, he said, oh, we we need to bring unity. We need to uh, put aside our differences. Meanwhile, his administration uh, and and all of the departments over which he has control will be coming after who? Uh, Religious extremists, says John Brennan, the man who voted for the Communist Party candidate. In 1980, I believe it was, a grown man, he knew exactly what he was doing. John Brennan, who lied, he is such a liar. Uh, He was the one who actually was at the center of the coup to destroy President Trump through using uh, a completely false document uh, and all kinds of other chicanery and international players. He's a, he really, under any other circumstance, he would have been charged with treason. But now he's telling us they're going to come after, oh, nativists. Do you know what nativists are? Nativists are people who actually love their country. Well, we can't have that. We can't have those nativists that wear flags uh, and are proud of their country. Uh, and uh, libertarians, an unholy alliance. Even there are people in Congress like that. And so we know now, you know, members of the Biden administration are already all over this. They're going to come after those people. So um, so that's so much for unity, Mr. Biden. And He talked a lot about history yesterday in his speech, which is very appropriate. He invoked what George Washington and Lincoln and others, and he talked about our history and our great principles. And at the same time, at the same time yesterday, the 1776 Commission, which was formed under President Trump, and this was their their uh, this is their their purpose. 
1776 report calls for a return to the unifying ideals stated in the Declaration of Independence. The chairman is Larry Arne, uh, executive director of Matthew Spaulding. Also, um, Victor Davis Hanson was serving on that commission. And um, back to the 1776 report, it it quotes the greatest Americans, black and white, men and women, in devotion to these ideals. The commission may be abolished, but these principles and our history cannot be. We will continue to work together to teach and to defend them. All right, this commission was, the goal was to try to reestablish America's history and its ideals. History, his, it's history, not the spin on history, but the actual words of the founders uh, and all of that. Uh, and they've been working very hard to do that. So while President Biden was swearing his oath of office, uh, his people back home in the White Building were deleting the 1776 Commission from the White House website. And so that's erased all that return to America's history. One of the things that the 1776 Commission took over on was Howard Zinn's History of America, which is a completely total leftist Marxist uh, telling of uh, the oppression. Uh, the, 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 it gives the most dour telling of the nation's history and, of course, does not talk about what happened with founders, who they really were. He just he had no idea. Zinn was actually... Uh, um, uh, Vietnam War protester. It's very interesting. And so that's neither here nor there. But meanwhile, Joe Biden is invoking the founding fathers and the history of the nation. And so, like I said, look at what a man does, not at what he says. Because while he's doing that, he's tr- getting rid of this commission, which wants to reinstate and reawaken America's history. Of course, Joe talked about lies. Uh, He wants to stand up for it. Let's see, what did he say? Uh, What are the common objects we as Americans love that define us as Americans? I think we know. Opportunity, security, liberty, dignity, respect, honor, and yes, truth. Recent weeks and months have taught us a painful lesson. There is truth and there are lies. Lies told for power and for profit. Well, yes, and he would know about that because in uh, before it's erased and purged from uh, Google, you might see that Joe Biden has a history of lies, plagiarism. He had to drop out of the presidential race in earlier decades because of his lies and plagiarism. Uh, he lied about recently, most recently, the big the big lie. We'll use that word again. Uh, is uh, about his business dealings in China through his son. He said he didn't. He never talked to his son Hunter about business dealings in China, and that's an abject lie. We know that from uh, documentation. So uh, we also know that Joe Biden now has, what, four homes, four major homes. He's been in the Senate since he was very young, and somehow he is very, well, his bank account doesn't show it, but somehow money must be somewhere. Uh, so uh, he's really good at uh, lying, and so, but he's really concerned about your lies. And he's really concerned about your lies that are told for power for, and for profit because, of course, uh, he's lied for power and for profit. His whole family has been referred to as the Biden criminal enterprise, and that's not an overstatement. I don't know where anything will go in future. Hunter was there yesterday on the platform with him, and um, uh, it's uh, it's a man, oh man, it's going to be tough to take, I have to tell you. He says, um, and each of us has a duty and responsibility as citizens, as Americans, and especially as leaders, Leaders who are pledged to honor our Constitution and protect our nation, to defend the truth and defeat the lies. 
And, of course, the way they're going to defeat the lies under his administration is help social media uh, shut you up because you cannot talk about what they don't believe. Anything that you say that is outside of the line of what the acceptable uh, view of things is is going to be called a lie. It already is. And you will be eliminated, uh, canceled. So, oh, and then one last thing about uh, what you say and what you do. And, by the way, I'm, I want to open the phone lines because I— I, I have a feeling you might have some thoughts today about what happened yesterday, what you saw, uh, just your own observations about what's happening in the country. So uh, the phone number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Uh, President Biden uh, told his new administration staffers, be nice to others or I will fire you on the spot. And that sounds good. I think. Doesn't that sound good? He wants them to be respectful to each other. That sounds really good. I think that's really good. The problem is uh, when he was running for president uh, in his basement and a few times out with a few people, do you remember him threatening Donald Trump on more than one occasion? This is one. If we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the blank out of him. Uh, and then... Um, so uh, we the, he also he's legendary for his temper. I think his staffers have been warned that he's a terrible temper, and we've seen that on the campaign trail. We've seen him turn on uh, people who ca- came to his small gatherings to to ask him a question. He can't stand questions, but uh, for his staffers, he's going to fire them on the spot if they, uh, I guess, if they threaten to take someone in the back and beat them, that will be firing, but not for Joe. Does what he says. Um, and again, the phone number is 888-589-8840. I think all the lines are actually lit up, but we just have to take it, make, wait, wait a second for uh, Adam to screen those calls and talk to you for a second. Um, okay, so let's see. What else do I want to point out about that? Oh, I want to talk to you about the executive orders he signed yesterday. In fact, we should play that. Mm. No, I don't want to play the clip because it would take too long. So this is what's happening in immigration. Yesterday, he signed executive orders. Uh, he's put a halt to any kind of uh, deportations, at least for 100 days. So that means even immigrants with criminal convictions and charges will not be deported. Not right now. He has immediately halted the construction of the wall. He has reinstated the DACA program, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. He has... Um, ended what the left called the Muslim ban, and it basically it was when President Trump uh, prevented people from coming here who were coming from countries where there was a great deal of terrorism going on. You remember when President Trump became president, uh, the, uh, Islam, the Islamic State was going wild, and they were, many were in this country. We'd had a lot of terrorist attacks. And so he put a ban on a lot of the Muslim countries, the most violent ones. Uh, but it also included, included North Korea, and uh, one other country that doesn't come to my mind, but it, it's not an Islamic state. But they called it the Muslim ban because that suited their purposes. So now that's been revoked. So now, gee, terrorists from all over the country are welcome to come. They are just welcome, and so are the 9,000 uh, Hondurans who are uh, trying to get across the border and the southern border in the United States. So um, he's been signing all kinds of things. Then I want to just this last one before I go to the phones. Um, I mentioned this already. It's a lot of government initiatives to advance what they're calling racial equality. But again, 
It's not equality. You know, we are all equal. Biden didn't think of that. The left didn't think of that. God created us equal. But that doesn't mean we have equal circumstances. It depends on what we do, how hard we work, what opportunities we take. Um, and so through the years, it's the civil rights movement provided a way for black Americans who had really, truly, absolutely been disadvantaged by their beginnings in the country as slaves. Horrible beginnings with no foundation, nothing to be handed down from your family. And so they've, they've had some uh, privileges that white Americans haven't had to help them catch up. And they've caught up beautifully, I think. I know that uh, that's not what the left thinks. Uh, and it's maybe not, not not where it should be, but there's been a big catch-up. But there's going to be more of this, and it's going to be actually, I think, payback is really what it's going to be. And so uh, I told you already they're going to be implementing um, uh, critical race theory in all of these offices, which will be a nightmare. It will be a nightmare. It will be in your schools, taught to your children, and it will divide people further on the basis of their color. Uh, and it will uh, make sure that it'll be, you know, it really is a racist program where anyone white, and especially male, is the enemy. And um, that's that's our future. So for the next four years, this is uh, the way things are going to be. All right, our phone number is 888-589-8840. Let's, let's go to uh, my, uh, James in Arkansas. Good morning, James. Good morning, Miss Sandy. How are you? I'm good. How are you, James? No, I'm hanging in there. Uh, listen, uh, everybody knows Mike Lindell, the makers of my pillow. What a testimony he has. Well, and you're familiar with the Eric Metaxas show. I'm going to guess. Yes. Okay. He uh, he had uh, Mike Lindell on his show this week on his talk show, and uh, Mike had uh, used uh, like two million dollars of his own money and hired an FBI agent and he uh he got he got all the information on the uh all the uh voting that was fraudulent and all the cheating and everything and so they it's and uh, actually Mike Lindell said that Trump had uh seventy eight million eight hundred votes and Biden only got sixty nine million and uh, most of them were from dead people. Yeah, the James, uh, we're going to have to, you hear the music, and I'm sorry, let me finish your sentence for you, because you probably want to tell us that now Kohl's, Bed Bath & Beyond, and other retailers are uh, stopping the sale of Mike Lindell's products. They're punishing him, coming after him with a vengeance. Uh, and so, uh, but he said, uh, his response to that was, we have to stand. We have to stand no matter what. He is a courageous man. There's no question about it, James. Thank you so much. I'm sorry we didn't have more time together. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. How much does a six-month subscription to the AFA Journal cost? It's free! For six months, you can read articles and updates in the pro-life movement. You can read about family-friendly entertainment, laws that may impact your family or your business, and of course, what the American Family Association is up to and how you can help. So what are you waiting for? Visit afajournal.org for your free six-month subscription to the AFA Journal. Are you in need of hope, encouragement, and the love of God? I'm Pastor Salem. I'd like to invite you to join us for the Christian Worship Hour. For decades, I've been teaching the Word of God so that people everywhere can experience the love and power of a personal relationship with our Lord. 
tune into this station this weekend and prepare to be blessed and encouraged by another life-changing message. Learn more about our program at ChristianWorshipHour.com. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe to stumble, it would be better for him if, with a heavy millstone hung around his neck, he had been cast into the sea. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. California's insurance commissioner, Ricardo Lara, has issued guidance clarifying that insurance coverage on double mastectomies should no longer be considered cosmetic in the state, but as reconstructive. The move now classifies normal, healthy, God-designed breast tissue as abnormal structures of the body caused by congenital defects. Lara's guidance emphasized that California law prohibits health insurance providers from denying male chest reconstruction surgery for female-to-male patients solely on the basis of age. Regressives want the children. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with today's Life and Liberty Minute. With the swearing-in of a president who opposes everything we stand for, it's time for our work as the loyal opposition, the loyal resistance, to begin. We are loyal, above all, to Christ our King, to the Bible as the infallible Word of God, and to the Constitution of the United States. Our political leadership is now in the hands of people who are not loyal to any of that. But our loyalty to God, Scripture, and our country requires us to oppose those who are enemies of Christianity, the Constitution, and public morality. We do not hate them, we just profoundly disagree with them, and are compelled to fight them with every spiritual and political weapon at our disposal. As a wise man once said, we must not confuse dissent with disloyalty. When the loyal opposition dies, the soul of America dies with it. Let's keep it alive. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. America gets a new president today. So does communist China and the rest of the world. Joe Biden is expected to take immediately a number of steps aimed at reversing his predecessor's America First policy. Many of these and others sure to come will have the unmistakable effect of weakening the United States. Consider just three examples. President Biden will begin to undermine our energy independence by canceling the Keystone XL pipeline. He will terminate construction of the wall and adopt asylum and amnesty policies that incentivize illegal immigration. And he will rejoin and re-legitimize the Chinese-dominated and insidious World Health Organization that lied about and otherwise intensified the CCP virus. Given Mr. Biden's deep compromise by the Chinese communists, we must scrutinize not only the damage his policies will do to us, but determine as well who benefits. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios back with you. I do want to go right to the phone lines. I'll just tell you one little thing. Rand Paul uh, listened. He was on Fox News' Bill Himmer last night. And uh, he Bill played him some remarks that... Uh, or read some remarks that Comey had made. He said the Republican Party needs to be burned down. Uh, who would want to be part of an organization that, at its core, is built on lies and racism and no nothingism? 
And Rand's response was, I don't plan on listening to anything from Comey. I think Comey should be imprisoned for the things that he did. That's just a little bit of what he had to say, but I wanted to show you that. I also want to mention somebody in an email uh, said that I was lying. <laughs> I just have to respond to this because I want people to know that I was lying about the protest, President Trump's speech going on past the time the protesters came to the Capitol and uh, said, I, where was my source? That was a lie. It's just amazing how people jump to that conclusion who listened, that I would that I would do that. That always amazes me because I wouldn't do that. It came from the Washington Post. Uh, what happened was the first protesters, they said themselves, arrived at the Capitol at about 1240. President Trump spoke until 111. One, one hour or 11 minutes past one, and the protest started at 20 minutes till one. And so, of course, then protesters or uh, uh, people who came out the route from the rally had to walk to the Capitol, which is quite a distance. Uh, so that even increases the time difference. So Washington Post, if you trust them, I guess on this I did. They didn't mean to make that point, but that's what they made when they did, gave the timeline. They accidentally proved that President Trump was not inciting uh, what happened at the, at the Capitol. So, um, all right, I want to go to, let's see, let's go to Ann in um, Mississippi. Good morning, Ann. So what's on your mind? Hello. Hi. Yeah, we're here. Hi. We're all ears, Ann. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I've never called in before, but um, I was just, when I went to bed last night, I was just kind of burdened and then woke up at 4 o'clock this morning just thinking about a lot of the comments that, you know, and feedback you see on social media. And I think, and I was just curious, I was wanting to hear your thoughts about this. One of the I think what really disturbed me is the words that Christians, you know, people that I know that are believers in God and and are in ministry, and just reading their feedback of, oh, today is a day of hope and peace and unity and, and all these words. And I think what really burdens me is, as believers, we know none of that comes through you know, who's in Washington, it all comes from, you know, God shedding his blood, sending his son to die for our sins and the hope that we have to live with him in heaven one day. And so I was just curious your thoughts and your feedback as you hear Christians and believers who who share things like that or who post stuff on Facebook about, you know, the first woman vice president and the hope and peace, all just those words. I was just curious your thoughts today about that. Well, and there's no reason, there's nothing wrong with, you know, we do have, uh, there are times of peace and times of war on this earth. And so there's nothing wrong with talking about, you know, the war's over and there's peace and being grateful and celebrating because we do live in these bodies. Uh, you're talking about the peace that only God can give. And for believers, that's a far, it's kind of like love. You know, the way we love our dogs is not the way we love God and the way God loves us, but it's the same word. So that doesn't offend me. I think uh, what you're trying to say, though, more deeply is that the lack of perspective, uh, whether it's uh, Trump supporters or people that are happy with Biden, I think you're right that we uh, have, uh, because we're human, we have our eyes on this earth and we forget. Uh, that God is uh, omniscient, omnipresent, and um, 
that our joy does come ultimately from him. But that doesn't mean we can't be engaged. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. And we are in here, so we are engaging, and we are going to have high times and low times here. There's no shame in that. Uh, So I guess that would be my response. I want to go further, though, and I'm going to let you go, but I want to talk about something else. Thank you so much for calling. This is from uh, Enola. Uh, She wrote a beautiful email. I wish I could read the whole thing, but she said she just really feels hopeless and discouraged. Same kind of thing as Ann just talked about, maybe same but different. Uh, she posted a Facebook uh, post on her reaction to President Trump and uh, what he had done. And uh, she uh, she heard from someone who's a leader in their church and uh, was very upset and said they she doesn't want anything else about President Trump because he was responsible for the riot in D.C. and the killings. And she went on to say that she she's very informed. She watches CNN and Fox and... Uh, she knows what's true and what isn't. And she said, no matter what I said, I I tried to say I, it fell on deaf ears and stubborn ears. And then uh, she said, I, uh, at a second incident, I was talking on the phone with a dear friend who also goes to my church. We've had a lot of long talks, and, and they, they're close. They're good friends. Uh, during the conversation, she asked, why did Antifa go in and do all that damage to the Capitol building? And so uh, basically what... Anola says is as they talked further, she realized that Antifa was part of the Trump organization. Uh, she had so little knowledge that she had no idea, and that also uh, depressed and um, Nola and made her feel hopeless and discouraged. Uh, I think this is. Let me just say this, Nola. Um, for for all of you, for what it's worth, uh, this is how I feel about it uh, spiritually. I said part of this last week, but I'm going to say it again. If I'm wrong about this, God, I know God will sort me out. But my steady feeling since the election has been feeling based on Scripture, not just my personal emotional well-being, because I've had ups and downs and anger and happiness and all that. I'm not just talking about emotions. Is that God did hear our prayers? He answered, just did not answer in the way we hoped. So all that we see unfolding including the reactions of our friends, our families, all of the dreadful stuff that we're going to see unfolding that I will tell you about, all now most certainly is happening with his permission. Not that anything ever isn't, but I'm just saying I am assured of that. Uh, and, And that gives me sort of a sense of peace, and I have a sense of peace. Uh, and not about what's uh, the earthly things, which is what Anne was just talking about, because I feel worried about my kids. I worried about everything. But there was a sense that goes beyond what's happening here, a sense of God's presence, a sense that he is going to do something incredible. And I don't mean miraculously save us from this. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something deeper than that. We are about to go through an incredible transformation, and not all of our friends and neighbors are church compatriots are going to go through this because I just have to say the Bible tells us that wide is the road that leads to destruction and narrow is the way and few there be that find it. The Bible says that in the last days, many will fall away. Many will fall away. Most of our, most of the people, I would say many of the people that we trust and love and feel are on the same page will not hang in there. They won't. Not many of us will hang in there. This is also prophesied. And, and, an, and I know it sounds strange, but that does not make me afraid. It makes me trust God more because he said it. It's happening. This is an affirmation of his word. 
and we all always have rested in his hands. He's got us, and he's got the future. And so, what more could you want? Would you want to face the future, no matter what it was, without the God at the center and the core of your being? You know, it's in him that we live and move and have our being. I would not trade the knowledge of him and the closeness with him for for anything, for the right candidate, for prosperity, for the lack of trouble. No, no, no. None of it is worth it. And so we will take this on the chin, and we will march forward, and we will honor him. Anybody has an ear, listen. If you have an ear, listen. If you don't, you'll be falling away. So I, I'm not disturbed. I'm not disturbed. I, you're going to hear me get angry. I'm going to get, you know, the injustice and all of the double speak and all the lies. It'll, it'll still bother me, but I am not. I'm personally not disturbed. I, I feel at deep peace, that peace that God brings that doesn't make any sense at all. All right, let's talk to, um, and I, I'm, I'm saying that not as a boastful thing for me. It's what I want to, I want you to see. I want you to get a glimpse of it. Those of you that know him, I want you to get a glimpse of him, maybe in a fresh, new, deeper way. Let's go to Peggy in Arkansas. Good morning, Peggy. Yes, uh, this is Peggy from Arkansas. Hello, Peggy. Can you hear Yes, ma'am. Hello. Can you yeah, we, hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Great. First, I want to thank you for your courage and for your encouragement to the body of Christ. Thank you so much. Now, uh, this is what I have to say. Um, I have called Tom Cotton's office numerous times. There is always an answer machine on. I have never gotten a response from him regarding the issues that I am telling him about. I'm very disappointed that he did not stand up against the voter fraud. I'm I'm talking about uh, going with a few other senators uh, to come against the voter fraud. Yes. Oh, absolutely. No, he would talk about it was a gut punch for me, too, Peggy. Because I have really uh, yes, looked yes. to him for leadership, so and I, you're not the first person that's told me that they can't get through to his office. Okay, quickly, if you yes, can finish yeah. what you want to say. Yeah, I cannot even find an email address for him. The web page is not available. That's all. Well, you, now, you, two pastors uh, in California. There are two pastors in California today who are possibly going to jail. Uh, there is going to be a prayer rally at 3 o'clock California time for these two pastors. One of them has been on AFR Talk before. And then I want to say, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, I exhort that all supplication, prayer, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, to king, for kings and all who are in authority. It is up to us as the body of Christ to pray for those who are over us even though we do not go along with their actions. Okay, Peggy, good reminder, very good reminder. Thank you for all that information. Three o'clock today, uh, will, you know, people who have ears can are are able to do that, will do that and join you. Thank you very much, Peggy. I wish we had more time, but we just don't. Uh, uh, Janine in Florida, good morning, Janine. What's on your mind? You have to make it sort of succinct if you can. Okay. Hey, Sandy. Um, I'm having a real struggle, as I imagine others are, on understanding how we're supposed to live with the lie that we see every single day. 
I feel like I live in the twilight zone. And I, you did touch on it, and obviously faith in Jesus, and that is the truth. But um wondering if you have any advice. Well, uh, yes. Because I think uh, we look back to history and we see, uh, I think of, I'll just go right to Russia. I think of Russia and all the, the dissidents that lived there, uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Could, I could recommend, without me being able to say very much this morning, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, Janine, if you look for his writings or things about him, you'll see how he withstood the massive 40, 50-year propaganda in the Soviet Union. Uh, how he kept his mind straight. And he wasn't the only one, but he's a great example. We think of the the Jews uh, who suffered so much. There were many intellectuals who kept their wits about them and did were, did not manage to get persuaded. I think one of the keys for us as Christians, of course, is the knowledge of God. I think of people, prisoner camp, prison of, prisoners of war who are isolated, and they are their prisoners, their guards, uh, tell them that uh, maybe the war is over, that their their wives have left them. They It's constant lies. They have no source of truth. And many of them had been steadfast and held to what was true in spite of that. By uh, I would just encourage you to do some research on that because it will help you, just practically speaking, uh, to know how to handle this. And, of course, it's just uh, as m- find as much truth as you can. Thank you for listening to this show because that's what I'm pledged to do is bring you the truth. Uh, sometimes I think, honestly, I think we're entering a phase where we probably should listen to less. I, I do not plan at this mic to play a steady strip drip of you for you of these uh, preposterous statements uh, because you're going to hear enough of them. We're gonna, I'm going to try to bring you as much truth, uh, people that are truth speakers. I want to feature them so that you can be filled with that truth pre- practically. It is possible. Of course, it's possible because we serve the God of all truth. Uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we have to have confidence that God will give us the strength. But we have to do practical things to prepare ourselves um, well. All right. So listen, on your knees, be sure and be reading your Bible. And be sure and do get involved in your church. And go to church if you can on Sunday. Sandy Reels in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.